This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters, where we discuss all things health and well-being to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. Hi, I'm Amy Sherman, a marketing exec with a passion for wellness and beauty. Hi, I'm Katie Chandler, a former fit model that has a passion for health and fitness. We are sisters-in-law who share the same love for well-being, ready to sift through all the self-care noise and bring you a splash of what we think is fun. So let's get started. So we are actually in person today, which is amazing because we normally do this over our internet and we see each other virtually. And so we are together for the holidays and we're doing something called a family series. So this is going to be family series part one and part two, we're going to do another day and it's going to be very exciting. So Katie and I are here in person. We're going to talk all things Nirvana sisters and have some special fun while we're home. Yeah, I'm home for the holidays, and I'm so excited to be here. We have our whole family with us and the kids, and that's going to kick it off. We're going to bring in our children, and and we're going to pick their brains a little bit and see what their nirvana is. Yeah, and before we do that, Katie and I have been reflecting a lot on 2020 and thinking about how fun it's been to do this show, and so excited for 2021, where we have a whole lineup of special guests in the well-being and beauty and business space, and we're excited to share that with you. But before we do that, let's bring in Jackson, who is 13, Jules, who is... How old are you, Jules? I don't know. Five. <laughs> That's right. I always forget you're 11. Maddie, how old are you? I'm seven. And Reese, how old are you? I'm eight. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Wow. Big okay. So for our new listeners and for those who already listen to us, you know, we do something called our Nirvana of the week, which is our high point of the week. And we talk about it on the podcast. So this week we thought we would do it with our kids and talk about the highlight of the year. So we are going to start with Jackson. What was your highlight of 2020? Well, since COVID happened, I got this. I mean, I got to play video games with all my friends. So that's good. Okay. Good highlight of the year. And what are you looking forward to in for next year? Maybe the vaccine. Oh, that's a good thing to nice. look forward to. I like that. Okay. Now we're going to turn to Miss Maddie. Madeline, what was your highlight of 2020? What was your nirvana? Okay. So probably since um, this virus thing happened, I would probably just hang out and Zoom call with with one of my friends. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Zoom calling your friends? Yeah. That's, yeah, that was nice. That's a great one. And what about next year? What are you looking forward to next year? Well, doing, like, we're not adding this stupid virus. Yeah. Yeah. So just being able to be with people, be back in school and everything. Yeah. yeah I agree. Good one. Okay, next we have Jules, who is 11. Okay, so my high of the year is probably when we, when I went to the beach with my cousins, because I don't know, I just love the beach and everything. Good. Okay, and Jules, what are you looking forward to in 2021? I'm looking forward to the virus stopping because Mm -hmm. I can see my friends in person and I'm still seeing my best friend, but all my other friends I'm not allowed to see, so 
I would like to see them. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. Hey, Reese, do you think you want to answer the question? Let's see. I think maybe I could say for you, for, for 2020, I bet one of your highlights was also being at the beach with your cousins. That was so much fun. And I know you're looking forward to being able to go to preschool next year, right? Oh, you're going to preschool next year, Reese. Okay, thanks, guys. So, Katie, I am super excited to have this conversation with you because I feel like we've had this conversation over the years, but I've never gotten the full story because we're always distracted. We're always running around. We never get to sit and just chat. So I want to hear about how you became a model, kind of how it all started, what the journey was, and kind of take us back to where it all began for you. Yeah, I would I would love to share with how I started because it was a little wild and bizarre how it happened from my perspective. So for whatever reason, I'm really not sure why, but at some point when I was a younger teenager, I started to get this vision of wanting to move to New York someday. Mm. And I don't know, I guess I didn't think I had that much more going for me. So modeling was like the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so literally every single night before I would fall asleep, my way of falling asleep at night, I closed my eyes and I like daydream in my head and I would imagine exactly that happening. Like me starting modeling in Cincinnati, an agency picking me up, moving me to New York, me starting a career in New York as a model. Like I, I would vividly detail, imagine it happening like every night and that would help me like lull into a sleep. So it was like a manifestation. It was like a manifestation. It happened the exact same way that I dreamt it. it like the That's literal, unbelievable. The exact same way that I, I dreamt never it. knew that. Yeah. So, so you just naturally just, that was just in your dreams and sort of in your hopes and wishes and you just start thinking about it and, made and it, it happened. And it happened. That yeah. is so cool. I've I, never heard that before. I think it was the, my first year in college and my boyfriend was saying you should get into modeling. And I said, I always wanted to. So I got an agency and I had a couple small jobs in Cincinnati. Obviously. And wait, backtrack. How did you get an agency? Like, how does it work? There's, I literally just went to an open call for an agency where they say like, you know, this Saturday morning, if you want to be a model, come to our agency and you wait in line with a couple of other people and they take your picture and they just interview you. And then they set you up with a photographer after that, if they like you and the photographer will shoot you. And if they think you have something, they pick you up. Cool. And so that's what they did. And I started getting small jobs. I had like a billboard on the side of the express. Oh, I heard about that one. So random. That made you famous. It kind of did. (laughs) Everyone knew you from that. Yeah. What was it of? Um, It was for a hair salon. Okay. For a local hair salon. Makes sense. So it was a giant picture of my head with some great hair. (laughs) Um, And then one day, an agency in New York, this is what they do. They look for models by going to smaller town agencies and seeing you know, what kind of talent they have. And then they pluck them and take them to New York and give them a shot. So that's what happened. I had an agency move me there and put me up in the whole thing. So how did that, because that's always amazing to me. And I feel like you hear about that, but you don't really know anyone that that's happened to. So the agency, did they like call you one day and say, hey, a New York agent is interested in you and they're going to move you to New York? Pretty much. They said, we have someone that is showing interest it's not a guarantee yet. And I hounded them every single day until I got my answer. I was like, you need to let them know that I am all for it and I want it and we're going to do it. And so finally, you know, they said, yes, let's take her. 
And it was a small little agency. It wasn't that great of an agency. And when did they move you to New York? Like after that first year in college or what was the time frame? I left my sophomore year of college. I moved in May. It was okay. May right after 9-11. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And my very first apartment was on Fulton Street and it actually looked right down at Ground Zero. It was kind of wild. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they moved me. And put me up in an apartment with three other models. One was also from my hometown, so we knew each other. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's my one of my best friends, Hillary, who owns Boom Cycle in London, oh, who we will be interviewing also. That's so funny. I did not realize she was from your hometown. Yeah. I thought you met her in the city. Yeah. No, we've known each other for a long time. Okay. And Hillary yeah. now lives in London and started And started amazing. a cycling gym. Yeah. A super successful cycling gym. Yeah. And I started getting a so little bit of work. It was Who myself and her group? and another model named Kendra. And then, you know, model apartments, girls come and go. And we were in this beautiful, like, three-bedroom with a balcony apartment. You know, that's so nice. unheard of when Manhattan. you're first moving to the city. Yeah. But here's the kicker. I was there for two months. And then they took all of us and put us in a shack of a studio Crammed us in bunk beds. Oh, that's awful. Had like mice and cockroaches. What? And shuttered in, shuttled in the next round of girls and put them in that nice apartment. Oh, interesting. So yeah. that was their that was their deal. They put you up nice, and then once they have you, they like yep. throw you in a regular apartment. Exactly. What a tease. Yeah, it was a bit of a sketchy. Oh, agency. yeah. Yeah, I didn't love them, so I was only with them for I want to say maybe like the first six months, and then I started looking for a new agency, and I landed one of the biggest agencies in the in the city, New York model management. Oh, wow. So that was great. Um, but I honestly was not working that much. I was doing like a little bit of catalog work and showroom. I don't know if you know what showroom is, Mm-mm. but that's when you try clothes on for buyers of like Macy's mm-hmm. and they decide what they're going to put in the store. Okay. Um, and what was the catalog work? The catalog like print work. Or? Yeah, I was doing print. Um, I also did some magazines. I was doing like, it's, Honestly, like not super proud of it. I was getting like men's magazines, like Maxim magazine, mm-hmm. you know, like I, and that's the thing. I didn't like it. Right. I was really, I didn't want to be like a sexy type. You wanted to be more. Yeah. And I was not, I did, the more I was put in front of the camera, the more I realized I actually hated being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So what I thought I was going to love, I started to resent and not like, and I was really kind of unhappy. And then I don't even totally remember how I fell into fit modeling. I I got with a different agency for one reason or another. And this was the fit modeling agency. And it was like the perfect niche for me. It was, it was what I was meant to do. And explain to our audience what a fit model is. So fit model, not to be confused with a fitness model, a fit model is a model that's literally used by the designers to drape the garment on to fit the garment to to make sure that you know the shoulder width is correct and the sleeve is the right length and the the neck is the right width and things like that and like how the cut of the pant looks and for a specific size for a specific size and they started at average size like you know I was never like a five foot eleven runway model. I'm, I'm five foot seven. I'm the average size. I was a size six. So that's what they like. They like kind of like middle average size so that they can grade the garment, the sizing up mm-hmm. and down from that base point. And the whole reason why I was able to do it just because, is literally it's just because I'm proportionate. 
That's all it is. Interesting. So they look for people with even proportions. Even proportions so then they can scale up or scale down depending on the exactly. brand. Exactly. And it's funny because when I first met Katie and I didn't know what fit modeling is and she explained it to me, I was like, oh, so that's why a size four or six in, you know, I don't know, the gap fits different than J. Crew, fits different than a designer brand. It's all based on the fit models. Exactly. So that's why your size may change based on brand. Yep. 100%. That's exactly what it is. So yeah. And that kept me busy. That and was- then how was that lifestyle? Because I remember when we met, when you first started dating my brother, it was a lot of, you had to stay the same size. And I remember that was hard. Yeah. So talk about how that worked and what your requirements more were to stay doing fit modeling. Yeah, that's and really that is what started me in my like healthy life journey, my interest in taking care of myself and exercise and everything because I was measured almost daily by multiple clients. I could walk into any oh given gosh. client any day and they would measure me. It's so nerve-wracking. Yes. <laughs> and they're also taking photos of you, not like modeling pictures where you're posing for the camera, just like where you're like standing like a mannequin and they're taking pictures of you. And I mean, I did lingerie, I did swimwear, I did everything. Mm-hmm. So I had to be really mindful of it. I had to watch what I was eating. I had to educate myself on nutrition. I had to understand macronutrients and micronutrients and why it's not a great idea to exist off of pasta and cookies. And I had to start exercising. Um, and, you know, I was on my feet all day long. Mm. That's literally, you don't sit down. You're standing from... Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what's the daily life? Like, what time did you have appointments? Was it all day? Like, how did it work? I had appointments. I had back-to-back appointments. So once you obviously build up your clientele, I would start probably at 9 a.m. And I could see a client for as brief as 30 minutes or as long as all day. Wow. And it just depended on what the client needed. And that's where a great agent came into play because you know, they would put your schedule together like a puzzle mm-hmm. every day to accommodate your clients. And, and so you're running around on your feet all day all and day. you can't. And all so day. when did you eat? Like, how did you take care of yourself during that time? You know, I frequently did not have lunch breaks because I was a hustler and so was my agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would just kind of grab and go. I did a lot of uh, like smoothies on the go or, you know, quick sandwiches from Pet and Manger that, you know, had like really healthy, good options mm-hmm. on the go. Yeah. But I was always really mindful to eat a really healthy big breakfast before I left. And I, it was kind of nice to be eating light through the day because you obviously don't want to feel heavy. Right. Loaded. Right. So that also taught me like small meal space throughout the day to mm-hmm. keep my energy up. Right. Um, but yeah, cause I would go from 9am to 6pm back to back client, go, go, go. And this is all day, every day. All day. I worked, I worked five days a week. Yeah. That was my I mean, but that sounds, I'm sure, exciting in many cases, but also exhausting. It was, yeah. Because you're talking to people all day long. And I know you mentioned this too, which I thought was interesting about the fit modeling world as you sort of were able to consult a bit with the designers in terms of what fit, what you liked, what fabrics, whereas in your old world, it was sort of like you're, you were just like, you were just a face and a body. Yeah. And you definitely have clients that want you to just be a quiet mannequin. Mm-hmm. But a lot of my clients would take my opinion on not just the technical aspects of it, how it fit, but also the styling, mm-hmm. which was fun. Um, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I did pride myself in being a very technical fit model. Mm-hmm. So I could work with like the pattern makers and, and the, the fashion techs, the ones that are doing all of the grading and the sizing and 
you know, I worked very closely with them and they, they took everything I said and used it. So it was empowering. Right. So you had like say in what came out, which is so cool. My voice mattered. Yeah. Whereas in other modeling, they really, I mean, your voice is like, that's the last thing they want. Yeah. So it was, I, I enjoyed it, but like you said, non-stop go 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 doing that for for about 10 years I mean I was burnt out when by the time I got married and was ready to have a baby I was ready to retire which is exactly what I did I got pregnant and I was like all right I'm out of here but I, I do miss it at times and it taught me a lot it taught me a lot I yeah that's with, what I was gonna say what did you learn I learned how to work with all different types of people I learned how to the fact that you always have to keep it extremely professional. And one of the biggest lessons that I took away from it was being on time was, Mm. was being punctual because I'm getting paid a load of money for 30 minutes of time. If I'm five minutes late, yeah, they're losing a lot of money. Exactly. They don't want to work with me anymore. Right. So it's actually kind of made me become super crazy about punctuality, Yeah, but it's it's a good thing to have. Yeah. And then obviously it taught me how to take care of myself and how to be healthy and stay in good shape. And, you know, the fact that as a fit model, they want you to be an average size six. I was never pressured to like starve myself. Mm -hmm. I was never pressured to, to be thinner than my body was able to be. Mm -hmm. So that was just really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why a lot of these models that are successful, that are like these runaway girls that are really tall and slender. Mm -hmm. That's because that's natural for them. Right. They don't have to kill themselves to be that way. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. And then what were, I mean, you sort of talked about the lows and the bad parts, but I want to hear when you lived with those girls, like what were they doing and what kind of shenanigans went on? Like, tell me a funny story or I just can only imagine what went on. It was wild. I mean, one girl that we lived with was literally a gypsy from Turkey that made her way to New York and landed an agency, but she had that like gypsy mentality, like the nomad lifestyle. And she didn't care about what you thought, what you said, what you needed. She would steal your things. She was just very shady. Like we had a lot of very shady girls come and go. And then we had some of the sweetest, you know, like a, a, a girl, her name was, was Shay. She was from the middle of Montana and just like biggest heart and such a sweet girl. And you, these new girls come in and you, you want to kind of protect them and help them out a little bit. I mean, it was fun. It had its ups and downs. It was a little bit like a party and like an ever revolving door. Yeah. It, it, it never felt very like settled or safe, but you know, I was 20. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was fun. What a good time to do it in New York city where everything's going on. It's like the best time to do it. Amazing. Well, I just wanted to hear more about that. So thank you for sharing that story. I felt like I got bits and pieces of that over the years, but I never heard the full thing. And I think it's so interesting and I'm glad that you did it for the 10 years that you do it. I think to your point, it's probably a really hard career to be doing long-term once you have kids and you're married because it's just the schedule is brutal. The schedule is brutal, but you know, it's interesting. It's one of the only um, parts of the modeling industry where some of the most successful fit models are are in their fifties. I mean, think about it. All right. So you never know. You never know. I mean, they're (laughs) producing clothes for, for all ages of women. So they need fit models of all ages. Right. You could always go back to it if you want. (laughs) You're like, yeah, not so much. I like the point in that it taught you how to eat, how to mindfully watch your body without getting obsessive, making sure you're exercising, kind of staying fit on a daily basis. So super cool. 
And then, and then she met Adam and, you know. Yeah. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. And now here we are, Nirvana sisters. Here we are, Nirvana <laughs> sisters, kids, the whole deal. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I love the story. It's really inspiring. Um, I just think it's a part of the business that people don't hear a lot about. And I think it's really interesting. And I know there's so many people that do that. I know I was looking at Sculpt Society, Megan Brook, who's like a big fitness person online. She, I believe, started out as a fit model too. And now she has a whole fitness app and is super you know, influential in the space of fitness and well-being. So, And I know she had started I think she said as a fit model doing athletic athleisure and athletic wear. So yeah, it's sure. just, it's really interesting to see where people's careers go after that. Totally. So being that your first big gig was a hair salon and you had that amazing billboard that you became known for, <laughs> I have a really fun product review that I've been dying to tell you about. So I'm going to demo it for you after this is over, but I'm a little late to the game, but I do have to say that this product that I recently purchased as a definitely a splurge is a game changer. So it is the Dyson Complete. And before I open it and show Katie all of the stuff and do the unboxing for her, this is like so silly, but every time I go to a public bathroom and they had those crazy dryers that were so strong, I'd always be like, oh my God, I wish I had this for my hair because it's so strong and it would like dry my hair in five seconds. So P.S. The Dyson Complete Air Wrap comes out. And I think it came out a few years ago, maybe in 2018, but I just didn't really notice it. I heard about the hair dryer, but I didn't realize there were other parts of it until recently. So I splurged over the holiday season, got a little bit of a deal, and I found the Dyson Air Wrap. And I think when it first was released a couple of years ago, it was like impossible to get. So this was easy to get. But anyway, so here it is. It comes in this beautiful case. Yeah, so I just comes- have to say it's in a gorgeous brown leather box with the loveliest little stitching and the Dyson. Yeah. It's like so nice. Super luxurious. luxurious. And so these are just the directions on the top that I keep here and I'll show you that so you can look how it works. So when you open it up, it's this really nice case. There's this leather kind of pad that you can put down, which you can put all your accessories on when you're blow drying your hair. So essentially what this is, it's a hair drying and curling system. So First, it's this hair dryer, and it has all these different attachments. It comes with nine different accessories, starting with the hair dryer. So this is the hair dryer I was talking about that when you turn it on, it is so strong. My hair, which by the way, which I've mentioned before on the podcast, I've been like a product obsessed junkie for years, overall products, but specifically hair products because I have thick curly hair. This dries my hair in five, like five minutes. It's crazy. Wow. It's so strong. And I think with this system, they also say that the heat that it produces is not damaging for your hair because there's a certain technology involved where it doesn't damage your hair. So the first step is you put this dryer on and you dry your hair and they want you to dry it. So it's like a rough dry, they call it like a damp dry. You do that. Then you can put on, there's two, there's three brush attachments. So there's this one, which is kind of like a, not a paddle brush, but it's just a a brush with sort of plastic hard ends. I don't know how to describe it. Then there's another attachment that has kind of like the plastic balls in the end. So there are two different looks. One, the one that I mentioned before that doesn't have the little plastic balls in the end. It's just a straight brush. Really makes your hair silky and smooth and straight. So if you were to put that on as the attachment after you do the rough dry, it just really like gives that luxurious straight hair. This one 
is more, and this is the one with the balls on the end of it, gives you more of that kind of like bouncy salon polished mm. look. And then this one, which is the round brush, is really good for me for curly hair because it gives it like a lot of volume and a lot of kind of wave. So there's three different brushes you can try and like blow out. What you can also do is there's two different barrels. So this is the larger barrel, which I believe is a 1.6 inch barrel. And this smaller one is a 1.2 inch barrel. And what you do with this is you put this on and see how there's an arrow here. Mm -hmm. You, and I'm going to demo it afterwards, but when your hair is slightly damp, you put it on there and there is wind that wraps your hair around this roller. And then you just basically put it to your head and it dries. So you don't even have to like twist your hair or curl it. It's just like this technology whips it around this roller and you just stand there and then your hair's in an amazing curl. Oh my God. It is so cool. And there's two different sizes and these are just regular size barrels. I also have a long barrel coming, which is good for longer hair. And essentially the directions are here, but what they call it is it's this Coanda Air. I think that's how you pronounce it, Coanda. And it's this technology that Dyson made where it literally just whips your hair around this barrel and dries it. And it is so cool because I love all things tech. And of course I love all things beauty and hair. And so when this combination came together, I was like, this is the coolest thing. And it's expensive. You could probably find it for around 550, but it replaces all of your tools. Essentially it replaces your hair dryer. It replaces your flat iron. It replaces your curling iron. So it's really an all-in-one. So now what I do is I have this really beautiful stack of accessories and that's all I use. And I put my curling iron and some of my other styling tools away and I don't really need them. Maybe here and there I would need them for things, but I pretty much can use this for everything, which is super cool. And I feel better that it's not damaging my hair like all the other products. I feel like these hot tools really can damage your hair and your ends. So I'm obsessed with this. Dyson Complete Air Wrap. I... I'm still learning how to use it. There's a little bit of a learning curve. And of course, um, being the beauty nerd that I am, I've watched every video on how to do it. And all the people, there's all these hacks that people use it. You know, they use the straight brush and they do this and they do that and they get this look and that look. But it took me like a couple times to really figure out how to use the curling iron part because it's so different than what you would normally do when you curl your hair and you like put your arm around and your and then one side's easier than the other and it's a whole thing this is like no work and it just wraps around but it's such a strict it's just so different than anything I've ever used that it took me a little while to figure it out and I'm still learning how to do it so why are there yeah. two there's two more barrels are they just doubles of the same thing doubles so basically nice. it's two barrels so see there's two different arrows so you basically when you look in the mirror the arrows that go out are for one side and the other Oh, I see. Which is confusing because when I first started doing it, I couldn't figure out which way the arrows went. I was doing it the wrong way. And then I did it the right way. And I was like, oh, this is how it works. Oh, that's cool. So some people, which I've seen online, use both these barrels on the same side. Like they'll do a couple strands with this one going out. And then they'll use, they'll do a couple strands with this one going in. So it's like they get kind of a textured look. So it's really fun and creative because you can kind of create your own looks with it based on barrel size, based on the direction of the barrel. So it's kind of fun. And I'm still learning how to do everything. It doesn't come natural. So it takes like a few tries. But once you get through that, it's just the coolest thing. I just think it's so fun. 
It's amazing. And Dyson is a is a vacuum company. Right. That's so cool that they yeah. use and that so, technology for this. Exactly. So I think, you know, they got into this beauty space a couple of years ago just because they have amazing technology with their vacuums and the power that those vacuums. I mean, I have a Dyson vacuum from 15 years ago that I still works. Too. I mean, yeah. it's an amazing technology. So I think they've been working on this for years and they came out with the hair dryer and I saw they have this air wrap complete set. They also have, I believe, a flat iron that's wireless and a few other beauty tools, which I haven't tested yet, but all of their beauty tools have a purpose. They're not just doing it because they can. They're using their technology and they're making it better for hair. So hair is not getting destroyed and fried in the process of, you know, blowing out your hair. That's great. So when I first just to say is when I first used this, I didn't even use the curling iron or anything. I just used it to dry my hair and I looked like I just walked out of a salon getting my hair done. Wow. Like, I mean, so you'll use it's it when you're here out. and we'll see. Yeah. You, it looks like a full on blowout. So anyway, super fun. Love it. And I'm excited to use it more And when we can actually get out of the house and go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I can have my hair done looking like I stepped out of the salon. I'm for sure going to use it while I'm here. Yeah. So I want to curl my out. hair with it. I'm yeah. excited to try that. It's really cool. Thank you for joining this week, or this this episode, actually. We're going to do part two later this week, where we're going to talk to my parents and talk about how they maintain their young spirit. And it should be a really fun interview. And we're really looking forward to that and being home together. Lastly, before we say goodbye, we have to leave you with your mantra of the week. It's a good one. Aim, give it a go. When you focus on the good, the good gets better. I like that. Yeah. So sending some positive vibes out there to the universe. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Nirvana Sisters. We'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.